Hello, my name is Morgan Gray, and welcome back to the Afrocentric Podcast. Nobody act black and then go home and be white? 
It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. And we are back with the Afrocentric podcast. And I am here today with a very special guest, my cousin, Jessica Gray. How you doing today? Hey, girl, I'm good. How are you? It's good. I'm here. I'm hood. You know, <laughs> you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Hey, people. I'm Jessica Gray. I'm a lab personnel here at one of the local hospitals. It's beautiful, very short, sweet, concise, and straight to the mm-hmm. point. So the purpose of this conversation really is for us to have an open conversation about the healthcare system as a whole, as well as to discuss the disparities within the healthcare system and also like navigating the healthcare system as a black person. And I feel like this conversation is so important because so many black people are afraid or have a large amount of mistrust within the healthcare community. And I see that, but I talk to my patient. That's good. And I don't like talk to them in medical terms. I break it down in layman's terms, like on the same level so we can understand each other one-on-one. So you be like, you can tell me. And like, Uh because like sometimes people be scared to go to the doctor and they think they got to talk a certain way and do this, that, and third. So I'll come in and we'll talk like while I'm collecting my specimens and everything. And they'll open up and tell me way more than what I need to know. Mm-hmm. But I know how to take that and relay it to the doctor so you, you can get the help you know. And I think that is an excellent practice that needs to be practiced more within the healthcare community. Um, just because I feel like the language of professionalism is rooted in white supremacy because everyone doesn't have access to that language. And it's also hard for like doctors to be able to perceive black patients because they don't understand the AAVE, like the language in the coded language. So what we would understand, they often don't understand or they miss see or they'll misdiagnose them because they don't understand, understand. the culture and it's so fucking dangerous so kudos to you i'll be trying to help us we all we got that is very true so we gotta help each other out well come on let's jump into the first question of the afternoon and the first question is, is have you seen any examples of eugenics within the healthcare system that truly frighten you not at the hospital or the clinics that i work at mm-hmm. now i had had patients i had like one or two patients who said that they want their baby to have blue eyes or they want their baby to do this and how do they make sure that their baby's not autistic and most of the staff said we were based in Christian beliefs we just tell them to pray about it it's beautiful so like you know hope for the best baby I don't know what to tell you <laughs> so um for those who do not know what eugenics is the goal of eugenics science was knowledge of how various traits emotional physical intellectual were inherited so that such information could be implied in order to advance the human race and perceive imagined rational superiority so essentially eugenics is about improving Proving the race, right? So let's. It's kind of like when you breed cattle, almost trying Basically, to put certain. When you do dog breeds, you want the best. Like they used to do slaves, mm-hmm. you want the best of the best. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, eugen- I wanted to talk about it because um, there's a rumor that, like, eugenics is embedded within the healthcare system. I know a lot of people who are, like, nurses and doctors, especially, like, recently, they've been going through their textbooks and they've been seeing, like, examples of eugenics about how, for example, you know how they say that black people don't feel pain the same way that other races of people do. They say we feel less pain. That's an example of eugenics that has carried on legacies, like, over hundreds and hundreds of years and i think that's not even a misconception it's just the fact that we know how we get treated when we go to emergency room Mm -hmm. and so that we try not to complain and a lot of people black people especially they don't even want the drugs they just want to feel better it'd be a lot of other races that come in there pain seeking Mm -hmm. and more so a lot of uh, my black patients they like i don't even like coming to the doctor which is true, because like they be like, I've been feeling sick for a month, and I be like, baby, you've been sick for a month. You know this could have been life or death. Like you need to come as soon as you at least go to an urgent care or something to get checked out. Don't let your symptoms go on for a month, and it come from something that's irreversible. Mm-hmm. So like, they just, I think it's embedded in us because we had to be so tough. Like our ancestors and those before us had to be so tough along the way that we just suck it up like it ain't that bad we gonna keep pushing mm-hmm. and it's not that we're stronger it's that our mentality which is something i think is still embedded in slavery very much so not even just enslavement but even as we were free like um the tuskegee syphilis um mm-hmm. project and that is an example of eugenics because they injected those men yeah. do you want to talk about it Girl, it's gonna make me mad, but we can talk about it. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I don't be liking that. Cause like I don't I don't like the fact that back then, I can't speak on today, but back then they were quicker to use African Americans as the test dummies versus animals. Oh, use it on a rat. Oh my gosh. Mm. Oh my goodness, how could you? You belong in jail. Somebody but- call FEMA. Oh, because this is unbearable. But six black men, let's do it. Children, too. Yeah, let's do it. Pregnant women, too. Let's do it. As long as they're black. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. Because they're not. Because back then in the Constitution, we weren't even people. Mm-hmm. We were just property. But all hell breaks loose if you do it on right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Don't let it be a monkey. <laughs> um, I did want to talk about how. A lot of the idea of eugenics, eugenics was like paved. A lot of the people who paved the way were our four founder fathers. Um, Thomas Jefferson is like a main one within this segment. So Jefferson, he really paved the way for eugenics by providing a rationale that harmonized the theories of democratic political ideologies. So he described his slaves at Monacalo as lacking of beauty, emitting a very strong and disagreeable odor, were in reason inferior, and imagination were dull, tasteless, and participated more in sensual activity than reflection. So as a whole, you can see that during like the time of enslavement, and it also can be seen and mimicked here in the present period, that a lot of African American people aren't seen as humans and within the healthcare system a lot of times they are and they feel as if they're not being treated like humans or having full human rights and will so i just wanted to speak a little bit on eugenics just because it has 
it's the foundational root of the mistrust of black people within the system and and i see a, a little bit of it today like you said with the pain tolerance and um things of that nature if it weren't for black doctors and black nurses and black lab personnel that come in and help if it weren't for the black people in the healthcare system i don't think that we would get the help that we need mm-hmm. because we know when somebody's saying it's a 10 but it's really a 15 they're just trying to play tougher than what they seen because they don't want the drugs they don't want you to think that they're pain seeking they just really want you to look at the problem and help them mm-hmm. like we weren't able to gain the trust of the patients to get them to open up to us and then relay that to the doctors mm-hmm. because the doctors know <laughs> that they need us you know what i'm saying and if you upset me i'm gonna find a job elsewhere especially with COVID and the pandemic staff don't get paid as much as travel overworked and underpaid so you were not gonna i'm not gonna sit by and be overworked underpaid and watch you mistreat people that look like me as well as mistreat me because you know you don't at this one i'm not valued but i'm gonna go somewhere else that does and you can't afford for me to go nowhere else so now you're going to take care of these people like me too. Amen. North Carolina had a eugenics program where the sole purpose was to breed out black people. Over 7,600 African-American men and women were forcibly sterilized between the years of 1929 and 1974, making them a generation of people that were not able to reproduce or even conceive children. My next question is, how do you feel about the following stereotypes? I'm really excited about these just because there are so many stereotypes about like nurses and doctors within the healthcare system. So I'm interested to get your opinion on this. So my first stereotype is about young black nurses being hoes. Like, where do you think this stereotype came from? And why do you think it's so prominent? I think the stereo came from just the general fact that black women are already overly sexualized. Like, she can't help that she fill out her uniform. Mm-hmm. That ain't her objective. She's trying to go here, do, she's trying to do her job. She's trying to take care of people. Mm-hmm. And from what I've noticed and they've observed from the different places I've worked at, when you talking about bougie high maintenance, it be it's the nurses. I, it be my black nurses. You would not finna see them doing the most to gain the attention of the doctors or any of the high profile patients that come through there they could care less i ain't even never thought about no high profile patients coming through there oh yeah we had plenty not c-level c-level celebrities in columbus mississippi because you know they gonna come to the smaller city the friendly city girl i'm talking about politicians not columbus kill lumbies we done seen it all lord jesus help me so i do think that this stereotype definitely probably does come from like a jezebel stereotype of women mm-hmm. being black women being overly sexualized well what about young white nurses do you feel like they could be perceived as little hole the horse the horse If the shoe fit with, all right. But <laughs> from what I've observed, like the black nurses that I've interacted with, they didn't just stop being an RN. 
like I know at least three that are now nurse practitioners. Mm. Like they still grinding. Like they are out here getting it. They gonna motivate you. They gonna they not gatekeeping nothing. Like if you wanna do something, they're sending you how they did what they did. They is helping you building blocks. Like they are like going at it. And then like those are the most sweetest nurses, overworking nurses. Let me ask you this. Okay, so, like, you know how, like, white women, when they go to college, they go to college specifically to find their husband to get married and become stay-at-home moms, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like white nurses, when they get into, like, in some cases, when they get into the healthcare system, they go there to find themselves rich husband doctors and then to go home and retire and become single moms? I mean, I've seen it happen. I can see that, too. Honestly, I've never had put two and two together until this very moment. I'm seeing it happen. That is beautiful. Them be, they know how to finesse their way into the situation. Yeah, the real finessers. But, like, it'll be... Now, I'm not saying they're not good white nurses. Mm-hmm. But I, can, I can't think of one black nurse that I've encountered that did not go above and beyond for their patients. Like going to get food because the hospital they didn't like the hospital food, but we know you need to eat and spending money out their pocket to make sure that you get you something that you can eat. Like going above and beyond. That's so nice. Like all the way out the way forward. Even like you get moved from the ER to the floor, mm-hmm. they gonna find out what floor you're on and come visit you and just check in, That's so nice. you don't feel alone. Like I said, if it weren't for our black healthcare staff, a lot of our black patients wouldn't feel as comfortable as they do. So let's move on to the next stereotype. And the next stereotype is that older nurses are often mean to younger nurses. How do you feel about that? If I feel like older nurses in general, (laughs) I mean, think about it. You've been working at the same job for 40 years. And you don't really just love your job you're gonna be a grumpy old person (laughs) it's your job black white green purple you know you're just gonna be grumpy but now i will say when i first started working at the hospital there was this one older black nurse and you if you know me you know i'm not i cannot be bullied Mm -hmm. i will not be bullied yeah me too and so she had came off a little rough so send it back (laughs) like ma'am i ain't do you nothing don't come over here like that but now she's like are you going back to school you need to go back to school like now she's one of my biggest supporters like i can go to her for anything she just want to make sure you're not out here bsing so the reason why i asked you that is because of this phrase and it's really common let me know if you've heard it before it states nurses eat their young have you ever heard that before no i haven't i've written like papers on this concept so the idea that older nurses eat their young really is a common phrase that refers to sometimes high levels of hazing or initiation of new nurses experiences at the hands of more experienced co-workers but this type of behavior is not unique to nurses it's been covered in fields from doctors to police officers and even teachers so it's just I feel like um, maybe not within the black community because I can see cases where older black women are harder on younger black women because it's a form of motivation. Like if I'm not picking, if I don't say anything to you, I'm not worried about you. That tough love type of scenario. But see, that's not how I'm set up. And I feel like you come off aggressive towards me and I ain't did you anything. 
Like if I'm just chilling to myself or if I'm trying to be approachable and I'm trying to be friendly mm-hmm. and I get a whole bunch of rah-rah, mm-hmm. I'm going to send it back to you. As you should. So I, they probably did try to haze me. They probably did. Yeah. But I don't be going for this, so I never experienced it. <laughs> ain't got shit else better to do. Yeah, cause listen, you gonna leave me alone? <laughs> I'm gonna give you something to think about, something to chew on. You know I'm gonna give you something back. to cry about. Ain't that what my mom said? I'm gonna give you something to go. But now you gotta sit down, ponder, <laughs> cause you gonna leave me alone. <laughs> so the final stereotype I wanted to talk about was black gay nurses that are gay. Um, what are the stereotypes around them? And more importantly, how are they treated within the healthcare system? I feel like any man that's not a doctor or anything that's supposed to be manly, any nurse is going to be called gay. And that's just because people put gender roles on occupations and that's silly mm-hmm. because Anybody can be a nurse if that's where your heart is. So, like, the stereotypes be baloney. Baloney. Carry you are so full of baloney. Let yes. me tell you why that's full of baloney. Again, like, it's garbage. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> because, like, we have some men nurses, and we need men nurses because at the hospital that I work at, we have everything. We have nursing home. We have a psych ward. Like, you really think I'm going to wrestle a drug addict? And withdrawal? You know how strong that person is? No. I ain't that strong. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to need them, them million nurses to come save that. Mm-hmm. You need a hero. <laughs> and that's that male nurse. The When you have an oversized person that can't roll over in the bed and they're going to get bed sores, you need that extra male strength that kind of help flip them internal. And like... Sometimes we have kids that listen to the bass. Because sometimes we have kids that's in the psych ward for behavior issues. They'll listen to the man before they'll listen to us. Because, you know, that deep voice will get you going. Mm-hmm. We need male nurses. We really need more of them. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Because, like, I can really count on my little finger the time when we got and all. I, I will say this, especially for, like, with mental health, I think black men are phenomenal, like, going around and talking and being able to humanize with patients and empathize with them and talk to them as if they are normal human beings versus they are. talking to them as if they... Because this is guy on TikTok. He work, he's a nurse in a psych ward, and they call him the patient whisperer because he is able to communicate with them on whatever level that they're on. And that does go back to, like, that idea of W.E.B. Du Bois being... Um, um, what is it? Double, g- double conscious to be mm-hmm. able to con- communicate with people at whatever level, whatever race, whatever age, and stuff. And I think that's just something, especially black men learn way before nursing school, way before they get into the healthcare, because they have to cater to us. Mm-hmm. They have to cater to everybody around them. I really don't believe that black men have safe space. You know, so like they have to be double conscious to navigate elsewhere in the world. That's beautiful. So, and that's unfortunate. That's why Afrocentric is a safe place for all the black men in America. Yes. In the Caribbeans <laughs> and the diaspora and such. And all that. So, it's true. Studies show that black doctors have the same outcomes no matter the race of their patient. 
What I find interesting is that after all the racism that we have and continue to experience, we still display less implicit bias, both conscious and unconsciously. An article concluded that increasing the number of black doctors could help healthcare disparities because they exhibit significantly less implicit race bias. So implicit bias is learned in childhood from reinforcement of social stereotypes. But what I find interesting is that they develop implicit bias from learned experiences, but we did not from lived experiences. They have study after study explaining why white doctors have implicit bias, but they have no studies that I could find that explains why doctor, black doctors have less after all they've been through. But honestly, knowing why doesn't matter because knowing why doesn't take away from the fact that we're dying at higher rates in the healthcare system. After reading study after study, article after article, I keep coming to the same conclusion that we need more black healthcare workers and we need black healthcare facilities, point blank and period. Why do black women have the highest birth mortality rate in America? And what can black women do in order to prepare to give birth in America? Um, I believe the morality rate is high going back to people believing that we have a higher pain tolerance than most. Mm-hmm. And you can't put pain tolerance on a race. You can't say because she's black, her contractions are not at a 10. When she, her blood pressure is through the roof and she is screaming for help. You know what I'm saying? And like, the avoidant, I feel like you should do your research. Do mm-hmm. your research. You got nine months to prepare this baby to get into this world. You don't have to see that one doctor and stick to that one doctor. That's true. Go to plenty of other doctors. You didn't have Family members that didn't have babies, ask them about their doctors. How was their experience? Would you recommend that doctor? I know where I work at, one of the number one physicians for labor and delivery is a black woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about she's top notch. I'm black, 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 blackity black. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love her. But she play, she don't play the radio with nobody when it comes to her patients. She comes highly requested. Like, people come in asking for her. As they should. So that makes all the other physicians work harder to get on her level. Because ain't nobody checking for y'all. They came to see me. Ain't they nobody came to see her. you, Otis. I'm the one selling the records. They coming to see me. They coming to see the temptations. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. You wish you could work it the way I do. Let me read this statistic for you. So according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, black women die in the pre um, mortal period during pregnancy in the year following three to four times at the rate of white women. And the maternal mortality rate for black women has increased from 37 deaths per 100,000 live births to 55.3 deaths per 100,000 lives births from 2018 to 2020. Like, there's such a high jump it is. within the, the last, like, what, four years from mm-hmm. 2018 till now. So is that five years? Because it's 2023. It is 2023. But, um, let, let's talk about how, like, the C-section, you know, the C-section was now. invented in Africa and perfected in Ghana. And then colonizers, doctors of the West, they came over and they took it and they still fucked it over. Yeah, because they only perfected it for themselves. Mm. Because, you like, we were not people to them. Mm-hmm. So who cares how that set up for them? 
it works for us. Mm-hmm. The people of Uganda had been successfully performing C-sections for centuries using banana wine as anesthesia as well as an antiseptic to kill any bacteria on your hands. Europeans first noticed them doing this around 1870-something. Meanwhile, in the 1840s, you had Europeans like Ignaz uh, Samuelweis and Oliver Wendell Holmes who were advocating for people to start washing their hands because white doctors would go from performing autopsies on dead bodies straight to the delivery room with gunk still on their hands going inside ladies trying to pull out these babies and they were wondering why these women kept dying. Meanwhile, the women who were being taken care of by midwives were living because they weren't doing that. And it wasn't until Samuelweis noticed one of his colleagues nicked his finger and an infection set in and it killed him that he thought, huh, maybe this is what's happening with the women in our wards. Well, needless to say, the medical society at the time hated that idea that we're responsible for the deaths of women. And so they institutionalized him, called the man crazy. And get this, it wasn't until the 1980s that hand hygiene guidelines were put into place. The 1980s. Anybody older than the 1980s? Then you're older than hand hygiene guidelines in America. But like when my sister, when she was pregnant with her second child, she had C-section both times. And the second time she came home, but she had to go back to the hospital because she had complications. Listen to your body. Don't be such a rush to go home. Like she was in a rush to go home and be with her baby. And she thought that every pregnancy is not the same. Mm -hmm. So just because your first pregnancy or your first couple pregnancies went well, listen to your body because she still had toxins in her body. Had she took her time, she could have voiced it. Had they took their time, they would have caught it. They would have caught it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, Listen to your body. Don't be trying to rush through the process because you're trying to avoid a bill or because you're tired of being in an environment. Get there now. Take care of business. Make them handle business. Because you're the patient. And you paying them. You Exactly. Okay. So, let me ask And it's expensive to go through that pain and have a baby. Like, you gotta have it. But, baby... That's going to cost you a nice little pink. Children are ghetto. Moving right along. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, doulas and midwives for black women. Like, what are your opinions on, like, really, like, this new wave of natural birth giving for black women? Don't do the trend because you want to just make a TikTok and go viral. Do your research. Everybody that says they're a doula, don't believe them. Mm -hmm. Do your research. Like, most doulas that are serious about what they do don't mind showing you anything you need to see. Don't mind going above and above and beyond to make sure that you're comfortable. Have you seen doulas in Mississippi? I don't think I've seen them in Mississippi, but I have seen them in Louisiana. Okay. Midwives, too? Mm-hmm. Mississippi has midwives, but you know. Children are scary. So yeah. I've never personally dealt with any of them, but I've spoken to a few. You know, I was sitting in a history class a couple years ago when I first learned about midwives, and I learned that the way that we give birth is not the original position we're supposed to be giving birth. Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to be doing? How they? Well, not we. How they supposed to be um dropping them babies off? You better squat, baby. <laughs> like they have you laid on your back with yeah. your legs in the air. Uh huh. But that's not natural. 
Mm-mm. How you see animals give birth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're supposed to give birth. Yeah, I seen the girl squat over, bent over with uh two people holding her arms, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and the baby just dropped. Yeah, into the water. It wasn't no water. These were some white midwives. Their baby dropped on the floor. Most people create a pool of water. La pool. La pool of water. You know what I'm saying? Because your baby coming from water. You don't just want to just. Yeah, they had their baby on hardwood floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. What you mean that's not? I mean, would you want to come into a new world hitting the hard floor? If I was white, it really don't matter how you come in. You're going to come in winning. This is Afrocentric. We're talking about the black people. True, say. <laughs> but I, I like the idea of like having a birth and aid right there beside you that's supposed to be there to advocate you on your behalf. And I, I do like the idea of the little saying midwives, but a lot of people are high risk. And I feel like if you're high risk, you should be at the hospital. What is considered high risk? Like, People, some people are very petite, mm-hmm. and that baby is very big. And with childbirth, you lose a lot of blood. If something goes wrong while you're, or like you, some people have medical conditions that, with the stress of giving birth, you can offset that condition, mm-hmm. and complication can arise. And it's either you or the baby. One person can't save you by themselves. Two or three people can't save you by themselves. And they're still going to end up having to call 911 and waiting on the ambulance and everybody to get there. If you're high risk, I strongly recommend going to a hospital that you trust. Because if anything happens, they can rush you to surgery. It's only a hallway over. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Your chances of, of staying alive when you're high risk, I believe, is better at a hospital. Then the little doula do it or me and wife. I get yeah. that though because it's on site. Like I get that yeah. everything you need is gonna be right there, right beside you. I just I don't know. Now you haven't like um so far along your journey because anything can happen. Like you have a perfectly healthy pregnancy up until it's time to push. But like some people can't believe that they got pregnant because they're not supposed to have pregnancy or they'll have like something so unique that the doula probably could handle but like if you got PSTD and that stress flash you back mm-hmm. oh wow you know like it's a lot of things like it's a lot of different high risk situations it depends on the situation I love a doula I love natural birth I love the Look, intimacy that you get when yeah. you do that and like the fact that usually when you have a midwife or a doula, they have like a dim room mm-hmm. for you to bring your baby in so that you know you're not exposing all that light and that high frequency to that child. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, for your safety and the child, I would recommend a hospital. You got any more tips for women who are supposed to be giving birth, um, black women? Your emotions and everything is transferred to your child. 
don't be stressed during this pregnancy. Epso- epigenetics, that is the word. <laughs> Not yeah. eugenics. Epigenetics is a study of how the stress and trauma that the baby goes through within the womb can be transferred. So, like, let's say your grandma is pregnant with your mom. And, you know, within your grandma, within inside your mom is 40 eggs within her baby ovaries. So that, that means your grandma was carrying you because, you know, um, your grandma's not, your mama's not, you don't have a baby no more. Your grandma is the baby now. If you're a mama and you ain't got your baby and your, gra- and your mama got your baby, then you're not the mama. Your grandmama's the baby. Uh-huh. That's logic right there. But... <laughs> But that that it really do pass down. So the trauma of it our does. ancestors seriously impacts us like right now within this day. Yeah, because you notice that certain things that you might do unconsciously, that's that is embedded. Mm-hmm. And and, and it's so much higher for our black people because like we like two or three, we three or four generations in removed from slavery. So if my Are girl. We- Let's uh, um, let's stay on topic. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> let's stay on topic. Like if my grandma was enslaved, it might well cause Alice's grandma was enslaved. So if my grandma grandma was enslaved, her baby was impacted by whatever she went through while she carried her. Plus my grandma was impacted because of whatever her mama went through when she was in her mother's womb. That's just crazy as hell to me. So we got to hire. That's why um, Dr. Umar said we deserve with um, mental reparations. We do. Absolutely. How does Big Pharma negatively impact struggling communities of color? We got to define Big Pharma first before we get up into this subject. So for those who do not know, Big Pharma is a major multinational pharmaceutical companies collectively as a sector in the industry. And um, pharmaceutical companies receive substantial U.S. government assistance in the form of publicity-funded basic research tax breaks, and yet they continue to charge crazy amounts of prices for medications. So, again, how do you feel like Big Pharma really impacts Black people within our community? But it's not a mass majority of us. Niggas still sipping on lean in the year of our Lord 2023. Girl. Really? Girl. I thought they was popping pills and addies. Girl. Throwing them back like they really. So they don't care. And, <laughs> and like I said before, a lot of black patients don't want the drugs. Like either they're recovering addicts or they don't want to be seen as a pain seeker. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, no, I can't have it. Mm. I'm not allergic. I just don't want it. I refuse that drug. Which you have a right to do. And I feel like it stops a lot of people from getting the aid that they need because now they pushing it. Like when people come in for pain, they're pushing the morphine. Opioids and such. They pushing all that immediately because 
other races come in seeking it and they be showing their whole ass. What you mean they show their ass? Like they're yelling, they're falling off the bed, they are crying, they trying to make themselves throw up. They're doing everything possible to prevent you from doing your job. You can't start anything to the point that we have to threaten. Well, we can't get this IV in. We can't give you nothing. Mm. You're just going to be in pain. Then all of a sudden, they calm down. So they can get the IV so they can get their meds. Mm-hmm. But see, black people don't want to be seen as pain seekers. They just be like, just take the pain away. Do what you all got to do. Do God, They don't want the morphine. They want whatever is less than morphine. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I feel like they ain't getting paid by us. Now, you do have, like, that sipping on that syrup stereotype that folks just be trying to get the codeine and stuff like that to make drink. Hey, good morning. Did you know that the opioid epidemic was caused by racism? True story. You see, doctors would often underprescribe pain medications to black people because, one, they thought we feel less pain than white people, and, two, that we only wanted the medication to either abuse it or to sell it on the black markets. So they would underprescribe pain medication for us while overprescribing pain medications to white people because they have been taught to believe white people when they say, I am in pain and I need this for pain. Now, that overprescription led to addiction, to which some would either hurt their children or their pets in order to receive medication. And that demand for medication led to an increase in Big Pharma's pockets, which incentivized them to push more opioids. And doctors did just that. They pushed more opioids onto the American people while denying that medication to black people because they thought we were the ones who were abusing it. And that's how medical racism gave birth to the opioid epidemic. Anywho, okay. now, Girl. on the flip side of, like, the pain tolerance conversation, when we're talking about Big Pharma, and you did mention it about, it's about the money, because, as I always state, that America is a capitalistic society, so that means that everything is about making money, and that is Big Pharma's goal, and the mm-hmm. biggest thing that I wanted to focus on is the price of insulin within American companies. So specifically for people who have type 1 and type 2 diabetes, insulin is extremely, extremely high, but it's specifically and only for in America. Like you could easily be able to buy insulin for about $10, but it's overpriced to the point where a lot of black people have been reporting, what is it, doing insulin control or where they like spread, they spread out the amount of insulin that they put into their bodies to be able to afford it for the month. It really, honestly, some of it is price, but some of it is them using medicine for the wrong thing. It's a type 2 diabetic medicine. It's a medicine for type 2 diabetes that's used to help control it. But the Kardashians have advertised it's not everybody's using it for weight loss. That it's hard for the clinics and the doctors to get a hold of that medicine to give it to the patients that, it, that need it. Mm. Because everybody using it as a weight loss drug. Same thing to um talking about like Adderalls for people who have ADHD because there was a huge shortage of Adderalls this yeah. summer, and it's because different people were using them for different reasons. Yeah, not for what it intended to. You're using it for what you want to, because you can't focus, or because you want to stay up all night and study. You don't have a problem focusing on studying. You're just lazy, and so you're gonna take this Adderall. And you're taking that from the person that actually needs it. 
Big Pharma is still a big bitch of a beast. And yeah, I, because they're going to make that dollar however it go. Whether they need to sell it to the person that need it or sell it to the people that want it. The dollar is the dollar. So, listen to this. Ahead of its hearing on drug pricing in February 2019, the U.S. State Committee on Finance sent a letter 14 to Eli Lilly. And Eli Lilly is the drug manufacturing company that produced um, insulin in America. It's one of them. And there we're asking them why insulin is priced so astronomically high. Okay, so... The insulin itself costs you anywhere from $14 to $300 in America, but it'll only be $48 in Singapore, $14 in India, $6 in Austria, and $0 in Italy. So if we if imagine what black people could do, people of color, minority communities would be able to do if they could alleviate this expense from their budget. They could. That just means they have to go up on taxes. I don't think that's a problem. I, not to us. No, it's for the rich. They ain't trying to give up no money that they need to. They don't give up no money, period. This yeah. is why I always say tax the rich. As we should, they got it. But you know, it is what it is. Jessica, have you ever experienced racism or discrimination from a white patient or a co-worker while working in your field? And if so, could you tell us about your experience? Girl, I work in Mississippi. What that mean? <laughs> racism is not dead here. Girl, The we I had one patient. It was a psych patient because they come after the ER. Oh, he was so nasty so nasty and so rude you know what she was so nasty and so rude I that i don't so even, don't ever bring so anybody rude. around me like that so nasty and that's and what happened so rude <laughs> so nasty and so rude well she's telling the truth on so that nasty one. <laughs> and so rude mommy n-word this monkey this you better not touch me Da, da, da. I only want the white people to help me. But the place I work at, baby, we are so petty. What y'all do? Got him a black doctor, some black nurses, some black security guards to watch his door, some black lab personnel. Everybody you came in contact with was black. Oh, he got the presidential treatment. Oh, yeah. That is so nice. I'm baby. I want to go to Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> only thing better than OCH is Baptist. Cause girl, when then like, and then like our white staff members, they was like, "Oh my God, we're so sorry, we're so sorry," but like, we got our rocks off just making you uncomfortable. So either you want this hip or you don't, cause we ain't got nothing but black people. This is a black hospital. This is a fully black staff hospital, as far as he know. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, so what you gonna do? Die somewhere else or, or go to another hospital or die on the way to another hospital hoping your white savior will save you. Let me tell you something. I love our security so much. What they do? Baby, they <laughs> any opportunity that that man jumped out of line. They was doing their job. Oh, they work for Zeus Network on the weekend. <laughs> Not That's a, Zeus security play you get to me. Our security don't play no games when it comes to this. They really do protect us. Like They be on it. But Oh, he was so rude. And then when patients be on their deathbed, especially like old white people, when they be on their deathbed, they want to confess their sin. Have you heard of deathbed confession? 
Or have you heard of some? I done heard of some. I personally experienced, they tell me, oh, you were just sent from heaven. You were so pretty. I um, I used to have a nigga guy like you. Yes. Like, let me stop you, okay? I'm going to get your nurse because I ain't built for this. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to be no nigga gal. No, you know, none of that. No. I, I can't be none of that. So I'm going to stop you. I'm going to keep it professional. I would have said, no, ma'am. I'm colored. That's a I done got called color. Yeah. Plenty of times. Yeah, I'm colored. Confusion. The baby was like, you was a colored gal? Because, you know, you know, we changed our hair color. You was a colored gal? What you say? Ma'am, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> Just lay that, baby. I'm going to get a little blood. Your nurse going to be in to see you in a while. Just be patient. <laughs> I shut him up. And then... It, this one white woman, she was trying not to be racist. She kept trying to apologize, but everything, it just kept getting worse and worse. And I knew it with all her might, she was not trying to not offend me. But everything that came out of her mouth was more offensive than last time. Just, baby, just stop talking. You know what is interesting? They say that racism is a mental illness. And I find that so funny because when people get ready to die or they are extremely sick, that racism come out of them. Like, even dementia patients, they won't remember shit but how to be a racist. To be racist. And, you know, like I said, we have like a nursing home type section. Mm-hmm. It get ruthless over there. But see, you got dementia, so you don't remember me telling you how I feel. Not the adults in diapers. Yeah, the depends. Yeah. Platoon. The catheters for every time you got a calf. And you know that a lot of people don't know what that means. Which? And I have to explain that, especially my men. I have to explain what catheter means. Go on explain to them right now <laughs> on the Afrocentric podcast what a catheter is. Do not be too lazy to provide your own pee. Don't be too lazy to get up and urinate on your own. Because what they're going to do is lay you on your back. Put them legs in the L. Yeah, feet to the ceiling. And stick that tube where the urine come from all the way down. Uh-huh. And suction it out they sell. Uh-huh. How often? Every hour on the hour. As often as they think they need some urine. They, if, if it's an in and out, you don't want that. They're going to go in, get all they need, and come out. Sometimes they leave it in. Oh, how big is the tube? Big. It's going to scratch out your little hole, baby. Oh. Please get urine on your own. Now, I understand if you absolutely cannot, but... Some of those nurses don't like caffeine because who wants to be all up in somebody's business that ain't what you had planned for the night? None of these niggas walking around with loose dick. They like, <laughs> Girl, it be some men. Like, I be in there doing my little thing and it was like, well, if you can't provide any urine, we're going to have to calf you. And that men be so tough, like, do what you got to do then. And I'll be looking at them like, give them a the little side eye. And then their eyes get real big. Because, you know, as black people, we got our own communication. We with tell the kinetics in the We just look. And so when they, the others leave the room, he was like, oh, why are you looking at me? Oh, I need to go use. I said, you would want to use the bathroom by yourself, baby. That's going to hurt. They're going to stick it up in there. And they're going to go all the way in there. They're not just going to go a little bit. They're going to go all the way down in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. and drain that thing out mm. and how you been talking to her oh she, she ain't gonna be gentle about it <laughs> so, <laughs> so please sir <laughs> for your sanity 
go use that bathroom yourself. Because it don't be that they can't. They just feel like that they're going to get drug tested. We do not care if you do drugs at the hospital. Mm, unless you're pregnant. Even then, they don't care. You won't get your child. <laughs> <laughs> they care less. You know, like, they do. We're we not there to see you jail for doing drugs. We there to keep you healthy. Mm. And you know what else I noticed about drug users? What? The people that smoke weed be more paranoid, trying to make sure they don't smell like it, be scared to tell the doctors that they do drugs. But the baby, the people that do meth, mm-hmm. crack, bowl. Oh, yeah, I just used this morning. Like, they be like, a diary of it. And I'm like, I had a man come in there because talked about his flow because he took meth and what did he say? Ice. Oh, I, I heard about ice. Babe, he was naming all the drugs he took and he was like, I didn't know it was going to do me like that. And he was like, he had big dosage. I was like, sir, you said that was your first time. Why would you take such a big dose? He had to see how it was hitting. And here you are. Yeah. On this wonderful Sunday. Mm-hmm. With your heart back, but I say you, I say you can't take a, a upper and a downer at such great capacity and think your heart ain't gonna explode. Just cause he was too high to do all that math, baby. He was trying to talk to God. You better do some, or you gonna be the top. The Lord ain't gonna let. I don't. I ain't never known the Lord to condone that type of behavior. Like <laughs> that is not of the earth. The Lord didn't put that here. <laughs> With that ice, oh, my homeboy told me about that ice. Let me tell you how they make it. So they take like I want to say oh. like baking soda and um some type of uh, a car engine fluid, and they put it into a the bucket. Yes, girl, mm-hmm. they put it in a bucket and they put it in the ground. They put a lid over it. So like they dig a hole in the ground, put the lid over it, and then they stand back. Morgan has gone Breaking Bad. She is teaching y'all. They yes, how yes. to make this ice. Um, <laughs> Spotify, uh, Apple Music, uh, uh, iHeartRadio. This is for educational purposes only. Only. They put the bucket in the ground and you got to run back and then it go kaboom. (laughs) What is it going to say? Kaboom. (laughs) And it turned in the eyes. And they said it's real cheap, easy drug to make, and it hit real bad. So if anybody down on they look and they back against the wind, then that's some that's some free money to make, hypothetically speaking. Mm-hmm. And your your ass gonna end up in the emergency room, and all we gonna do is shake our head. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We gonna help you. We gonna shake our head in disappointment. You gonna be looked up on. <laughs> the gays are disappointment. <laughs> Really? Because I was just looking at this man like, you ain't got to tell me this your first time, sir, because clearly you felt comfortable enough to take such high dosage. And when I started questioning him, he said, well, well, actually, it's my second time. The first time, I only took this much, and it didn't do too much to me. But this, I said, sir, what you mean to tell me you took some foreign drugs, some antifreeze, Mm -hmm. and stuck it in your body? Yeah. And you didn't think you was going to do all this. It ain't nothing like the first time. I can tell you I can blow your mind. Bust your heart out. And it's going to be your last time. Because what makes you think that was okay? Where's your logic? Are you not embarrassed? <laughs> like, just I already told you that man went up there to go talk to God. By no, any means. Because when he thought he was about 
to go meet God. His soul, he's opened up quickly. Oh, he was still have when he was talking to me. I mean, well, his heart's still there, ain't it? Barely. It be. It palpitate. That man is okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, people come in and smell like weed. They be so scared. Baby, we is not worried about you smoking weed. Because two doors down, this man jacked up on heroin. Mm-hmm. That chronic. <laughs> we is not. Smoke weed, baby. That's about the safest bet. Mm-hmm. I don't know, cause they start putting fentanyl in the weed. Do they? Are they? Have you been seeing cases of people putting? I have in Columbus. Yes, I have. Well, you can't expect too much from a uh, Columbus rat, babe. I have patients that have worked in the government. They gonna catch y'all asses. She says she's on to y'all. She know y'all sending it through the mail, and she just waiting for y'all to get y'all big one. She, what they doing? They put they just sprinkle it on top like a little seasoning. I guess so. It don't make sense to me because you're not gonna make too much profit if you put in hair. Um, what is it fitting all on top of marijuana? There's no way you're making a good profit off of this. I don't know what they're doing. I you can't drink with everybody, you can't smoke with everybody. Mm-hmm. Some people just need a glass and they at their level. Mm-hmm. Some people need like three, four bottles mm-hmm. before they get that level. Treat your drugs like you treat your alcohol. Handle it your will. Don't be trying to go get that pack, that pressure that your big homie who been smoking since he was eight is giddy. Dumb lungs handle more stuff mm-hmm. and probably had more stuff that he cared to admit to you than you know how to handle. Mm-hmm. That is true. That Play is in true. your yard. <laughs> <laughs> Stay where you at. Now don't come off the porch if you ain't no big dog. <laughs> stoop kid afraid to leave stoop yeah stick with your black and miles baby uh-huh. what tips or advice could you give black people about navigating the healthcare system one thing i would heavily stress is that our elders do not send them to the doctors by themselves because a lot of times they're talking over their heads they're not they're telling them what they need to know, but not in a way that they can comprehend. A lot of our elders don't have anything, a high school degree. You know what I'm saying? They had to start working at a very young age. They don't have the education that we have today. Like, we can go to the doctors and we know what we're talking about, but don't send your grandparents or your parents there by themselves and expect them to come back and tell you everything. That's true. That's actually really good advice. That's how um my grandmother on my mama's side passed away. Not because didn't nobody take her to the doctor. Like not because no one took her to the doctor, but because she didn't understand her medication regimen. Mm-hmm. Like she had like some type of heart blood clotting medication and she was taking it way too much than what it was supposed to be. And she ended up bleeding from the inside out. Yeah. So like I definitely agree with that. Cause you know, like with granny Mm-hmm. Big Monkey, shout out to Monkey. <laughs> Don't play my green. <laughs> but you know how um we we do her medicine for two weeks. We put everything she need in them pills, and she know her day and night. She know how to take it. We been stretched that for. We been stayed with her before she got it down. And I feel like we everybody need to do that with all their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Also, stay off web MD. You not dying of cancer all the time. Like, be realistic. Stop going to Google 
and researching your symptoms because like think about it logically how you feel when you pmsing mm-hmm. and your cycle about to come on that's also symptoms for pregnancy too yes yep. so which one are you gonna be you gonna be pmsing or you gonna be pregnant mm. pick your poison get off the internet ask the goal do your research do your research do you be seeing people come do people come to the hospital talking about stuff they done found on tiktok too yes what they be saying i i don't know if someone thinks they say anything about tiktok i just smile and i don't want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> and then you know what i don't say it rudely because they end up laughing and be like i'm tripping i'm like yes hard yes <laughs> <laughs> yes you are what did, what what have you done to yourself which trend are you following? How much lemon juice did you take with that Thai John spice to stop your cycle? <laughs> like now you got a stomach ache. What I oh, <laughs> what's the craziest? Because I love hearing stories about men who have stuffed shit up, they um wrecked them and got it stuck up in Ooh. there. <laughs> Girl, that's gonna have to be a whole nother segment of stuff that come through the lab. Then we have to send to the pathology department because people want to experiment with sex. They have sex toys for your anal. What's the craziest thing something you done seen? You know the little expanded curtain rods? No, not Mimi Fowles. <laughs> that was not hanging from it, but it was definitely inserted. It was dangling. Barbie doll head, Sharpie pins, another male part that, you know, got stuck because, you know, the suction. Cause ain't enough of being there. Oh wow! You know what I'm saying? You now y'all come to the ER looking like costume, like mm. when they're like the 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 rider and the horse. Oh wow! The back end of the horse. Oh yeah, wow! Cause y'all stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> like it's been so many things that y'all love to experiment, baby. I used to think I was a wild card, but working in the ER, I'm far from the finish line. Mm. <laughs> like, girl, there's been so much stuff they had to dig out somebody's booty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone had got a grenade stuck up their rectum down girl. in New York. Yes, they had to evacuate the hospital in order to evacuate the grenade from that asshole. Yeah. That's Kaboom. The, that's the kind of thrill you want? Kaboom. Life or death for this for this nut. Oh my God. Kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. It ain't that serious for me. Okay, let's get back on topic of this advice and tips that people need navigating the healthcare system. They make things for what you need. Don't be too cheap to go get what you need. What's an example of that? Like I understand home remedies that have been paid down from generation to generations. That's cool. But they make over the counter. You spend five dollars on the medicine you need, on some cough drops. Mm. Um, different advice that I I also would give. Don't go in there with an attitude. Mm-hmm. That's just like with anything. Yes, I'm here to help you, but you can't get mad at me over things that I can't control. Mm-hmm. Like if your insurance not paying for it. That's an insurance problem. That's not a lab problem. That's not a nurse problem. That's not a doctor problem. You need to call your insurance and figure that out. Don't go in there entitled. Because 
nobody has to help you. Wow. That's powerful. <laughs> like, if you're working in retail or you are a server at a restaurant, are you going to give your best serve to a, to a table that's got nasty attitude Mm-mm. and talking to you, belittling you, talking like you're beneath them? You're not going to give your best. Mm. Um, I wanted to. You're going to do what you got to do to get, get the job done. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, I wanted to ask you about advice for, ever since, you know, the appeal of Roe versus Wade, Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for women who are pregnant or afraid that they are pregnant and do not want to carry the um, baby or the offspring as far as, like, navigating the healthcare system? There's a lot of loopholes. A lot of loopholes that, that I would tell you about. It might sound like a good deal in certain states, but it's always a loophole. They're gonna know. Like I've heard, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I've heard that like the pregnancy apps, like the period tracker, mm-hmm. the government got access to this. Mm, that's true. And like they're gonna know. If you missed your cycle, they're gonna know that you're not just going to Cali to go to Disney. You know what I'm saying? So just be aware, be safe. Is it in the little vitamins or anything people can take? Stop taking that damn vitamin C. The C it don't not work. Gonna get, no, you sure? It's gonna make that baby so damn healthy. You're gonna be so damn mad. Oh no, <laughs> that vitamin C is not gonna kill. That what baby. I need to take a little elderberry. You need to take you a little condom, <laughs> a, little, a little birth contraceptive, you know, a little birth control. And little ashwagandha ain't going to get rid of that motherfucker. I don't even know this motherfucker. You better hope your clones and fall down the flight of stairs, baby. The, the vitamins is not going to kill you, baby. You lying. They they swore up and down. If I took me about four or five packs of that vitamin C, that baby was going to go see the Lord. All right. Try it out. <laughs> Test the waters. I'm straight. <laughs> I can't swim. Because yeah, you don't be really vitamins are there to enhance your health. So you're gonna take more vitamins to help your health and whatever you get the baby get. They said the baby can't live in acidity, so take the vitamin C because that's acid. That's logic. I don't, I don't <laughs> I don't understand what did I say something wrong? <laughs> And what's your what's your pH balance? Five. You show positive, just like my pregnancy test. What is you saying? <laughs> huh? That don't even make sense to me. Actually, I know one thing: that baby gonna be here today and gone tomorrow. Lot of bullshit is here today and gone tomorrow. Today no, that uterus and them vitamin C pack is gonna be found in the trash can. Yeah, you got all better start carrying them condoms. Another tip of advice: don't be ashamed to go buy your own condoms. If he wanted that bag, he'll put it on. The no fun. matter how uncomfortable it make him feel. That's true. I really think women need to stop trusting men to bring their own condoms or provide them because they'll put holes in this shit. Man, they'll forget on purpose. And but don't come, don't worry, baby, because I ain't forgot. Mm. You got a recommended condom you want to recommend to people. 
will tell them to leave them damn magnums alone. Because everybody don't feel about But if you want to tie a knot at the end, baby, do your thing. Make it fit. Wear a condom. They make women condoms as well. Purchase your son. If you don't know what size he wear, buy your size. Get your own. <laughs> and if you want him to fill out a certain one and he can't, that means y'all don't need to be having sex. Next next suitor. <laughs> So I got a few of my own advice tips to give black people about navigating the healthcare system. Let me know if you agree or agree with or disagree with them, okay? So while you are navigating the healthcare system, it's important to acknowledge the role of racism and cultural oppression within the healthcare system. You also need to be working on building long-term and respectful relationships with the community organizers and leaders, as well as like doctors and nurses and hospital staff, right? You need to retrain and educate current healthcare professionals on cultural sensitive material when it comes to the health curriculum. And that goes back to the eugenics part. When you say re-educating the physicians mm-hmm. do it slightly. They don't like to be challenged because they feel like they didn't pay, did all their schooling and they are the doctors they are today. They can't nobody tell the doctor what to do. There are some doctors that think like this. It's giving Dr. Stephen Strange. And a lot of doctors have that syndrome. Not all doctors, but a lot of them. Not even doctors. Some nurse practitioners have that mindset. Like, how you gonna tell me? Mm. So just like ask a couple of questions, but don't ask like an interrogation. Just because, like I said, you don't want to upset the people that admit the help. Mm-hmm. And they also, if you feel like you got to tiptoe around them, find another doctor. Mm. That's not your doctor. That's true too. So my next one is support political and economic policies that help empower communities and hospitals. Has like have you noticed like uh like funding and money and grants in y'all hospitals have been stripped away a lot lately? Or do you feel like y'all been receiving adequate enough money within y'all's industry? Oh, we've been getting them. But where have they been spreading to? Is the question. Like, we didn't receive hazard pay. We got a one-time bonus that they tax for COVID relief. Mm-hmm. And not, I'm, not to sound ungrateful, mm. baby, what was that? It, it don't sound ungrateful. It sounds like y'all aren't getting what y'all deserve, especially when they put y'all in the front lines and put y'all right there in front of COVID. Because when everybody had a curfew, the only people that was allowed to be out was y'all. And the police. Yes. Now they'll do that's who we do work closely with. Mm. Because they believe because like I said, I work in Columbus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the concrete jungle. Baby, they gonna let us slide with a lot of stuff as long as you got that badge up there. But it's like people that work in that grocery store not take away from anybody's job got hazard pay. Like they Regular pay rate jumped up three, four dollars. Ours did not. Kroger did not. Because I was working at Kroger at the beginning of that damn pandemic. We ain't getting no damn hazard pay, no two, three dollars. Walmart did. I bet Wally where it did. Those did. <laughs> Them niggas handle wood and porcelain sinks. And they was making sure they was safe. <laughs> they pay jumped up. Like, but 
going I did not they offered us to take um COVID leave, you no, know, get the collect the um unemployment. But I was like, no, I'm gonna be a good Samaritan. I'm gonna go to work. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my due diligence. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? You gotta self preservation so first. I mean, they're gonna pay me more and I'm gonna be able to, you know, not have to pay the government back because I'm lying about mm, yeah. being unemployed. As you, you know should. And I thought I was doing the right thing. Let it happen again. Uh-huh. The next <laughs> pandemic, we sitting that motherfucker out. Oh, let you... it happen again. Cause baby, I had work too hard because a lot of people did take the COVID relief. And then, you know, traveling started. Whether it's COVID or not. Travel's going to get paid more than staff. So, a lot of people left to go travel. So, like, a lot of hospitals and clinics were understaffed because most of their staff work was turned into travelers. Mm. And we're working overtime, filling in gaps. Like, what is COVID? Because, baby, I'm at work. Yeah, with two, three masks on. Yeah. And mass break, yeah, you got imprinted. Like, I look like the walking dead for the same pay. And a bonus check that they took half with taxes. They ain't give y'all no little piece of part or nothing. They ain't give y'all no cupcakes. A girl, I worked night shift. Oh, the cupcakes was gone by the time you yeah. got there. <laughs> they gave us donuts one time. They only left one donut for night shift. So, I... I guess they thought the seven of us was going to split that one donut. Yes, if Jesus could feed a multitude with two fishes and five loaves of bread, y'all could split that donut. Y'all was doing too much. Y'all is ungrateful. I get, we were made of Christ. We are not Christ. We oh. cannot make that one donut. Work. If Jesus said, <laughs> this is my body, huh, take it, eat it. Look. The final, I got two more pieces of advice and then I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. So, well, the last one is create services informed by cultural humility and holistic care. And I do like the movement of holistic care that has been brought forth because, you know, I really do want to be able to create like holistic like remedies and stuff. I just don't know how powerful they would be compared to the um to the drugs and such that Big Pharma got. I like holistics because they act in prevention mm-hmm. whereas western medicine you already got the disease so we're gonna give you something to patch it up yeah if you're preventing you never have to worry about mm-hmm. the western medicine because you're you're stopping it before it becomes a problem you're catching it on the front end mm. and i like it and i believe like because like you wouldn't grow it if it didn't work. It was always Western medicine. That's true. How you think folks was surviving and getting around then? You know, mm-hmm. I believe in it. I support it. But do your research. Don't be on TikTok following these trends. You know what's crazy? And Read I know book. the whole tips gonna get mad at me. But I had talked to my teacher um about two years ago i had a science teacher she was a black woman and i asked her about dr savi's diet and she told me that like she number one scientist black woman never heard of dr savi before in her life and that just blew my mind and then when she went and did her own research after i brought it up to her she told me that it was a scam she was like it it ain't no specific different ways to be able to eat to be able to help and hold your body and stuff you need to be focusing on eating what has already been prescribed to us 
And then it's passed down to you. Now you weren't wondering what all this anxiety came from. Or why these bitches look so grown at 12 years old. Don't they? Yo, it's because of the hormones they putting in all this meat. Oh, like we just went out of town a week ago. And they was treating me like I was my 16-year-old niece. I'm like, I'm grown. Yeah. Oh, have you seen the? It's a twelve-year-old football player. He literally went viral because they won that. They won a middle school championship, and he looked thirty-nine. He got a mustache at 14, 12 years old. He played for South Panola. I don't know where that nigga played. That's a wrong me. Yeah, that's a wrong me. Yes, they were pushing weight in kindergarten. Yes, they. <laughs> yes, they was. Um, they was pushing fifty in the womb, coming out. They pushed up their mama labia out the way of the womb, actually. I got this. Don't worry. Don't, yeah. So, it is definitely the hormones and the products that they putting within it. And then, because we have disparities with money, we can't afford to be able to buy good food. So, it affects because our community. the raw veggies, the organics are three, four times. More expensive. Like, you can get a four for four, but the salad going to cost you $10, $15. I'm knowing it. I'm knowing it. And then they got all these laws wrapped up around about how you how much you can grow. Like if you live in a place where it has a HOA, if your shit don't look the way they want it to, you getting fined or you getting evicted. And yes, it's all like it's ridiculous. It's interconnected as well. And it's like they want to blame us for not having what we need, but it's so many laws and restrictions put in place to keep us here. And that's another thing. Like when I was younger, I like gardening. Gardening, gardening. We're gonna edit that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was younger, I didn't mind being out in the front yard planting flowers and rose bushes, and you know, pretty, pretty mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, Granny used to have that plum tree in her yard. Mm-hmm. We used to do all that, and then we go to Delhi. Auntie Rabbit had her fig tree and stuff like we. Grew up with plenty of people that grew their own fruits. It's a wild peach tree outside the our house right now. You know, and we 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 enjoyed it, but it's not something that we just stick to. But working in the medical field, a lot of nurses got their own gardens, like they run out tomatoes and okra, and it kind of be like, shoot, I got a little green thumb. My phone used to grow a little something. I can get out here and do it with you. You know, that's my hobby I developed during the pandemic because I be growing all types of shit. And it's nice. It's real nice. But yeah. it's still like a, a a source of worry because if we are planting, let's say I eat me a tomato and then I take the seeds out of the tomato and then I try to plant it. Well, wouldn't all of the things that affected that tomato, which was like sourced and grown and it's... Um, 10 times bigger than the original side, it still would be passed down. Yeah, it will, because that's that seed that rise from the same fucked up ass plant. Yeah. You guys spending money on those organic seeds. I don't trust, I do not trust anything that's bigger than my head. I have a big head. Mm, me too. <laughs> I don't trust none of it. 
I never apples is not supposed to be this big. They be talking about them damn shrimp too. I want my shrimp real little, and I want to pull the black line out myself. Oh, you want to remove the bow? I want to do it myself. To do it, I want to do it myself. Cause y'all ain't gonna clean it like I cleaned it. I'm gonna run it through a little system, and it's still gonna have that stuff on it. Because y'all worried about this big stereo, whatever, for a cheaper price. But you gonna and then people said, you know, your eyes when you're not knowing better. Why would I buy the little one? $10 and I get this big one for $5. That's logic. That's Delph. That's life of Delph. Why would I get the little one when I can be the big one? Huh? Because the big one is artificial. It's pumped with steroids. You're going to eat that and now you're pumped with steroids. Big more is not the little one. Now you got these complications. I don't know where this is coming from. Now you got to deal with Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. All interconnected. Hmm. And we are back with the Big Black Shoutout, the blackest shoutout in the world. The Big Black Shoutout is an opportunity to help circulate the black dollar back into our communities and for audience members to explore black-owned hidden gems. So, Jessica, who would you like to shout out today? I'm shouting out Connie's Cosmetics with a K. Cosmetics with a K. Um, She makes all-natural body oils, Body butters, shampoo, conditioners, all that organically. And it's good for your skin, baby. Well, that is beautiful. We love that. It's the winter time. These niggas is walking around here ashy and they foot is chapped. Valentine's Day is coming up. And if you want to get your bitch something nice. You, you want her to feel good and smell good. Yes. You hop that ass in a hoop. Then you take that ass on Jay-Z internet. And you look up Connie's Cosmetics. Can you smell spell that for the people? K-A-N-N. I-E-S-K-O-S-M-E-T-I-C-S. Yeah. Com. Yeah. Kindness Cosmetics. And I thank you. Thank you so much for that shout out. And shout out again to Cunny. Now, if you have your own black-owned business or you know someone else with a black-owned business, make sure you are emailing me at the Afrocentric Podcast. That's Afrocentric Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, um, I just want to take the time to thank you again, Jessica, for sitting down here and talking to God's people about God's word and his mission. Because he said your body is a temple. Take care of it. Do you have any final words for the black community? Don't be scared to go to the doctor. Get life insurance, get health insurance. Do the extra step to take care of yourself. Do your own research. Don't go off anybody else's word because everybody's situation is different. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. But that was so beautiful. Uh, oh, my goodness. I do what I can. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for choosing to be Afrocentric today. Please remember that Black Lives Matter. Make sure to listen and protect Black women and children. And Jessica, the only thing you must do in this lifetime is be Black and die. Hey. 
And here at the Afrocentric Podcast, we just civilized people having civilized, <laughs> civilized conversations. conversations. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. need medical attention today, you might not be able to get it because thousands of nurses are abandoning their jobs and going on strike to protest severe short staffing, extremely low pay, and thousands upon thousands of preventable deaths in the nursing community has forced essential workers they were sacrificed on the front lines during the worst managed healthcare disaster anyone alive has ever seen. While hospital executives received millions upon millions of dollars in bonuses for keeping costs down by understaffing, underpaying, and under-supporting their workers. Today, nursing is one of the most dangerous and financially thankless professions. While Americans spend $4.3 trillion a year on healthcare, surprisingly little of that money is paid to nurses and doctors. In the last 30 years, healthcare costs per person have nearly tripled from about $4,500 to $13,000. But in the same time period, average nursing salaries adjusted for inflation have dropped from $80,000 a year in 1992 to $77,000 in 2023. Meanwhile, top hospital executives received a total of $4.5 billion in CEO compensation. That's seven times the CDC's budget for studying COVID and could have provided health insurance to over half a million Americans. The developed world's worst, most expensive, and deadliest healthcare system that still finds the time to screw over its nurses.
I was just in these bars and I needed a place to turn into. Would you mind if I come in? He walked in that room. She just raised her voice and said this. Oh! 